This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here, host of the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Estimates with Dr. Jeff. Pet Life Radio's live call-in show. Those are the keywords, live. I'm here right now. Call in. We need to hear from you. A couple of ways to get a hold of us. Good old-fashioned way. Call us toll-free, 877-385-8882. Better yet, you can join us here live on Google Hangouts. Just go on to Pet Life Radio's website, PetLifeRadio.com. Go under the Shows tab, click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there will be a link left for you. It's a long one. You don't have to copy it. Just click on it, and that will take you straight to us here live with your pet or pets. We'd love to see you. And as I mentioned again and again, uh, get used to this kind of doctor communication because it is here now, telemedicine, telehealth, and we'll be telling you a lot more about that in upcoming weeks. Uh, but no, it's uh, something that you should just really get used to doing, and it's 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 very convenient, and it's less expensive. And uh, just think, if you're a millennial, what was the last time you hopped in a car to go get your pizza? Come on, really? We know that you called up, you went on your phone, you clicked your pizza delivery button, whatever it is, or your, your Postmates, or you got your food delivered in no time. So same thing with your pet care, pet questions, um, instead of you know getting in fighting traffic, uh, for that quick little office call because you were worried about that little, turned out to be a wart on the skin, uh, you could have saved yourself a lot of time, a lot of money. So uh, telemedicine here, this is telemedicine. You get to actually meet with me, talk to me. I'll answer your questions, do the best I can. I can't diagnose or treat unless you're one of my clients, but that's because we don't have what's called the VCPR. But anyway, we're here for you. Uh, and lastly, send me a quick note, email, drjeff at petliferadio.com. It can be forwarded to me live right here now. And uh, anyway, as you know, a lot to cover today. And um, there are you know, a lot of good stories. I love to sort of share with you kind of some new things, information. You don't always have access to these publications, but I do. And I want to share this stuff with you. Here's one. Be careful. I mean, look, there's so many stories. We know that you really need to avoid pet stores that are selling live puppies and kittens. Here's one. However, online, check this out. Be careful of ordering puppies online in Michigan. There were two reports of scams that there were phony websites. They had to set up a phony website, pictures of little cute puppies. They talk to you, et cetera, et cetera. And um, anyway, you send the money, you send the deposit, and, and you just lost it. They are just scams. Be really careful. If you're going to go online, make sure you get the website from a reliable source. Check on it. Typically, the best thing to do is get it from someone, a friend, who really got their pet that way. But just don't go online looking for a certain breed seeing websites, seeing these adorable puppies, and falling for it. As I'm sure you've learned before, many people out there are just not nice, not ethical, not moral, not nice. So just be careful. This is interesting. A Florida family gets their dog back after two years. It was stolen two years before. It was a four-month-old puppy, and it was this is from Florida. And the dog ends up in a place called Hugo, Colorado. And I guess it was either showed up a bit, brought to a bit, who knows, and the ID chip, the microchip, actually identified the original owners in Florida, and they were reunited with their pet. If that is not a really good reason to get your pet's microchip, I don't know what it is. Get your pet's microchip. This is really good. There's a, a new app 
uh, and it could check whether that certain foods, drugs, et cetera, are safe for your pets. Kind of like a, a website for pet poison hotline, but it's just, just if you want to know, you're looking at something, you want to make sure it's okay. And it can also estimate the cost of treatment if your pets consumed this drug or food. So um, that's really helpful uh, website out there. Something also, and I'm sure, you know, I've obviously talked to my clients about this all the time. Don't let your puppies guzzle water because what happens is they need water to stay hydrated, of course, but if they do too much too fast, um, it actually can affect their brain. They can get too much water in. Not to mention, it can also result in vomiting. So obviously water is good. It's a necessity. But if you have one of these puppies that just attacks the water bowl, you might want to try a couple of things. Number one, maybe put some ice cubes in the water bowl. As the ice melts, you can have the water, but they can't drink it all that fast at once. Or get one of those bowls, like a no-gulp bowl, that sort of forces them to slowly drink water in different compartments of the bowl instead of being able to guzzle it all at once. And uh, this is, you know, again, we're seeing a lot of these. Uh, I have two stories, one in Maine and now in California. Now, the one in Maine is a proposal, a bill that's being proposed. California already passed a law prohibiting the sale of commercially bred dogs, cats, and rabbits. Kudos to California. Uh, They are now joining and Maine, hopefully soon, um, a number of states that are prohibiting the sale Again, not, it's not just to stop the puppy meals. It's, there's so many pets out there looking for homes. It's trying to encourage the adoption from shelters and rescues. Um, I, I think these are great rules, not to mention usually the puppies that one would have purchased in these mall pet shops are really of inferior quality. So, and trust me, I've worked with pet shops before. I know I've treated them before. So, yeah, just. These rules are great. I'm glad. I'm very happy for the states that are doing it. This is interesting. There's a um, moon phase influencers that see creatures' behavior. So the phase of the moon, and what, what, this is good, things that I, we're talking about that or sea organisms that aren't that popular, zooplankton, oysters, palola worms, sea lice, sand hoppers. I've never heard of some of these. But their behaviors changed based on the moon phase, which is really cool. And what bet you this is going to help scientists understand a little bit more about what we call the rhythms, the, the circadian rhythms, rhythms that happen on a day, a week, a month, and how the moon influences some of these things. So I think it's pretty cool. There's something that's called a cocktail party effect. No, no, no. This is not over drinking at a cocktail party and having to call Uber. This is basically, think about it. You're in a sort of a crowded room and you hear your name. Someone blurts out, Jeff, I'm, I'm gonna, if I hear it, I'm going to turn around. It turns out that dogs have that same ability. They can be in a crowded place, a lot of background noise, and they will respond to their names, even if it was called out by a stranger or on a loudspeaker. Interestingly, however, if the volume of the name call out is lower, lower in decibel than the background noise, then they won't pick it up. Interestingly, babies won't either. Humans actually can focus in and they can hear a name even if the name was called lower than the background noise. And so as they say, right now from their early studies, dogs are better than babies. Well, they're a lot better. I know, I'm just kidding. They're, they're both good. And, uh, but they are not as good as adults, human adults, when it comes to that, that name recognition. Skunks in Louisiana, this is a story that's pretty scary because we have skunks and raccoons in our area. They're becoming the primary vector for rabies, and raccoons are a close number two. So my take home for this, 
first of all, in the United States, rabies is required by law because of the zoonotic potential. So your pets need to be update on the rabies. Uh, now, some states, California being one of them, we do not require rabies for indoor cats or for cats, period. My recommendation it is and always has been, if you have cats that are either outdoor cats or indoor outdoor, absolutely you got to get rabies. For dogs, it's required by law. I have my cats. I have five, many of you know, and all indoors. I do not elect to vaccinate against rabies. And, you know, sometimes you have to look at it as a vaccine. We've talked about this before when we talked about vaccines. You have to weigh the risk of the vaccine itself versus the risk of acquiring, contacting the disease. Well, there's no way that an indoor-only cat is going to end up with leukemia or rabies. Rabies obviously requires the contact, a bite or direct contact with saliva. Rabies is a killer. And of course, it's the human health hazard. At least leukemia is not. Rabies is. So if your animal should somehow get rabies and they'd bite you, um, that could be a problem. This was really a cool story. It's a robotic therapy dog, and they could be substitutes for the real thing, especially for pet therapy. People with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, other forms of dementia, nursing homes. So these dogs was actually created by a guy whose name was Tom Stevens. His mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He's like an inventor kind of guy. And he worked with the Jim Henson from the Moppets Studios that do these, um, I think they call it the Creature Shop. And they created these dogs. Well, this one, and I saw the piece, the news piece on him um, about the prototype. It's adorable. It responds to touch. It wags its tail. Remember Teddy Ruxpin? Anyone out there old enough to remember Teddy Ruxpin? Well, I remember Teddy Ruxpin. And uh, anyway, it was kind of like that. The eyes move and um, it responds to touch. It turns around when you touch its back. I mean, it's really, really cool. It barks. So I think it's really a great alternative for therapy. And people who can't have the responsibility of taking care of the real thing, because this one does not urinate, does not run all over the house, does not chew up toys, and does not, does not defecate around the house. So really, from many perspectives, it's great for people like that. Oh, one more thing, and this is going to lead into our talk for today, which we're going to get into right after our break. And that is that there's something, a disease called bobcat fever. This happened in Illinois, and it's a domestic cat died of this disease. It's cytozoonosis, but it's like French, C-Y-T-A-U-X zoonosis, called bobcat fever. And look, obviously with close relation, and it is transmitted by ticks. And I mean, ticks are transmitting a lot of conditions, a lot of rickettsial diseases, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, ehrlichiosis, babesiosis. So these are a lot of tick-borne diseases. So anyway, this poor cat. So Flea and tick preventatives are a must, and um, we're going to talk more about flea and tick preventatives when we come back. Oh, by the way, I know there's a lot of stuff here. If any of these stories kind of catch your fancy and you want some information or more information or you want the link to where I found it, just send me a note, drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com, or you can send me a note on Instagram. That's at, at drjeffwerber, and uh, we can share. Plus, if you wanted to see some really cute pictures of me and some of my, many of my patients, um, that, it's it's gotten so funny now that clients will come to me how come you didn't take a picture with my pet so uh, I think that's really funny so anyway don't go away we'll be right back after these short messages and we're going to talk about some new things about these things see you in a minute does your dog itch, scratch, stink or shed like crazy? come to Dynavite for help order a 90 day supply of Dynavite Dynavite is nutrition pick up two bottles of liquor chops get the third bottle 
free. New improved Lycochops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lycochops. Buy two, get one free. At Dinovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show. Once again, if you have any questions coming up, please and ticks, what to do, why to do, what the problems, potential problems are, you can reach me here live just clicking on the Google Hangouts tag left. Uh, it's a link left to you on the show's button at here at Pet Life Radio. Ask the best with Dr. Jeff or 877-385-8882. Once again, 877, that's toll free, 385-8882. Call me here live. So fleas and ticks, it's that time of year. I'm seeing it already. I have gotten you know a number of clients coming in. In fact, I just done surgery on a dog about two weeks ago and they come in and there's a little growth right over the eye. Oh, that's weird. I, I can't imagine anything related to the surgery. So I have them come in and you know what this growth was? It was a tick, just right there on the upper eyelid. And uh, they, they were so grossed out. And this is one of those gross things. And of course, fleas. So first of all, let's talk about the problems associated with one of these. And then let's talk about the uh, solution. Uh, what we call pruritus, which is itching. Sometimes you won't see a flea, but you see a lot of flea dirt, basically, which is your dog's dried blood. And um, it's pretty gross. And of course, you might see them if they're really bad infestation. If you walked around with white socks or just on your bare feet, you might see some fleas jumping on you. Most of the fleas live on the pet, but the baby fleas that are not yet adults, they could live all over your carpeting. And, and they're tenacious. I mean, you can, if you have like a summer home and the eggs and the larvae could just stay for months and months and months until the right conditions. So you can go back into your summer home in this, you know, late spring, May, June, and you will be attacked by these fleas. So they're just a real nuisance. For the dog, they also cause tapeworms and really severe infestations, especially with young puppies and kittens. They can actually cause anemia. We call it flea anemia. And they suck, literally suck the blood out of these little puppies and kittens. But tapeworms, again, they, tapeworms are only transmitted from eating a flea. So don't worry, unless you are eating fleas, and I don't even know if it'll work if you try to eat a flea, I wouldn't recommend it. But just for other dogs in the house, parasites are transmitted when a dog licks or eats the poop and ingests the eggs. Not so with tapeworms. Tapeworms, you got to eat the flea. So um, it, the contagious part of if you see one of your pets has tapes, the only contagious part is that means that dog has fleas or has been uh, you know, exposed to fleas. And that means other dogs or cats in the house can get fleas as well. So there you go with tapeworms. Ticks. Ticks are a different story. They are a real nuisance and the, the cause of many, many, many diseases, conditions. Of course, the most famous, Lyme disease. And that used to be, you know, only the ixities, the small little, little ticks, the deer ticks, for example. Uh, now, almost any tick can transmit Lyme disease. Other diseases that you may or may not have heard of, tick paralysis. We see this a lot of times in hunting dogs, that they literally can be paralyzed 
the beauty of that one is get rid of the ticks, treat it, and it, everything comes back. But that's, um, that's a scary one. Some bloodborne diseases, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, ehrlichiosis, anaplasmosis, um, babesiosis. These are all tularemia. These are all diseases that are transmitted by ticks. So what happens is they'll pick up the disease from one animal, and then they will inject it into the next animal that they latch onto. So again, it's not just the news. It's not just these ugly, I mean, come on, you've seen a tick, they're engorged. When you get a female tick, they're huge. And then you see right under it, sometimes when you pull the female off, attached to it, kind of head to head, is the male. So it's pretty gross. And nobody wants to touch them, of course. So just something to know that it's so important to see your veterinarian, and this is what we're going to talk about in a minute, see your veterinarian, get appropriate flea and tick control medications. And uh, let's talk about those for a second. So this is my opinion. It's not even Pet Life Radio's opinion. It's my opinion. You want to shoot somebody, shoot me. I am not a fan of some of the products. The two most common products available, because they're over the counter, are now, and this is according to a colleague of mine who is chief of parasitology at one of the major veterinary schools in the U.S., someone who I talk to often when I do any pieces on parasitology, that when it comes to two of the most common flea and tick products that are available over the counter, notably Frontline and Bayer's Advantage or Canine Advantix is by Marielle, now BI, and are ineffective. I wouldn't say, well, I'd say ineffective, much less effective. He in lab is seeing what we call the R word, resistance. These products have been on the market for almost 20 years. And if anyone knows anything out there about insects, it doesn't take an insect 20 years to develop resistance to whatever you're trying to throw at it. So they are, safety is not the issue, 100% safe. And to be totally, totally transparent, I used to be the national spokesperson for Bayer's Advantage and Canine Advantix. They were omidacloprid, which is the active ingredient for Bayer's Advantage and Canine Advantix. For Marial, the front line is called Fipronil. That's the problem. The key ingredients are no longer as effective as they used to be. A, age and be overused. They're just, they've been on the market for too long. So, I mean, if you're using it and getting success, by all means, don't stop. But if you're noticing, which I hear all the time, well, I use that stuff every month and it's because it's, it's just not effective anymore. So um, my recommendations, the newer products out there that I, I really like, they're free. It's all about, they're all safe. No matter what you read on the internet, which is sensationalizes everything. As I say, listen to a commercial. And at the end of the commercial, about any drug, all these new drugs, basically they, they give you all these side effects. The side effects list is longer than the benefit list. And then even says, and can even you can even die. And yet they have to print it. So what happens if there's one death, the internet's going to go crazy. And if you're going to be like that, then don't fly, don't drive in a car, because deaths from airplane crashes and from car crashes and are way worse and way higher than the, the one or two deaths you get from some of these medications, but they have to report it thanks to the FDA. So don't freak yourself out. So what I like, Prevecto made by Merck, it's 12-week protection, oral, chewable, or topical for cats. You have NextGuard, it's oral, also made by Marielle and BI, Borlinger Ingelheim, say that 10 times fast, and Semperica, one of my favorite companies out there, Zoetis. These are all excellent products. The NextGuard and the Semperica are good for a month. The Brevecto is for 12 weeks. They don't like when you say three months because they've been tested it for exactly three months, but 12 weeks. These are available through your veterinarian. Uh, if you want to get them online, which you can, your veterinarian still has to approve them. 
you know, this is one of the things that when you're getting something from your veterinarian, it's coming with information. It's coming with education. My fear is that once something goes over the counter, like the Advantage and Vantage, canine Advantage, like frontline products, people, you don't, you don't think it's a big deal if you miss a month or you're a little late or you put it topically and you didn't get it on right. And then the animal may have licked some off or rubbed against something right after you put it on. So what happens is not every flea was killed. The stronger ones actually made it. And then you forget to put the next month on or you're two weeks late. So who's breeding that strong flea? And now they're passing whatever that is onto their offspring. And you follow this through for several generations for 15, 18, 20 years. You can imagine these fleas now are laughing at Fipronil. They're laughing at Omidacloprid. So it's just the nature of insects. So, it's, you know, it's really, really important to keep that in mind. See your veterinarian, do your homework. And find things that your veterinarian likes, recommends. I have to, I give my clients a choice. And, and just because basically Brevecto is good for 12 weeks, it doesn't mean it's stronger or more toxic. And interestingly, and I checked this, just because your pet may have a bad reaction, typically the first reaction you get because they are oral is vomiting. But if they have a bad reaction to one, it doesn't guarantee they're going to have a bad reaction to the other. So just talk to your veterinarian and try one of the others. Now, uh, before we go, uh, this came in. It was a caller question from Carla. And Carla has a 14-year-old husky who gets chronic hotspots. Goes to the veterinarian. It's been going on since last September. And the dog is 90% outdoors. So probably just comes in at night, but she probably has a yard and dog runs around. And only treated with antibiotics. And she is curious, why are we getting, they heal, but they, they don't totally heal, but then new ones will pop up. What's going on with this dog? So again, without seeing the dog, I can only venture a strongly, highly educated guess. Hotspots are usually secondary to something. As a matter of fact, they fall into the category of what we call pyoderma skin infection. And interestingly, the organisms that are cultured from hotspots or, or pustules, pimples, from pyoderma are staph epidermidis, which is the normal bacteria that lives on skin. So clearly, there is a symbiotic, very nice, peaceful relationship between staph epidermidis and the, the dog. So what happens when the skin surface is destroyed, is abraded, is compromised? Now these clearly, typically healthy, co-symbiotic bacteria become opportunists. They start going in for the kill. All right, we got a broken skin now. Now we can go to work. Ah, so you're going to ask yourself, what would cause that? Well, it could be a, a simple scratch. It could be running up against something, playing too rough with another dog. Anything, when they get skin infections, that's often what it is. But what condition predisposes many of our dogs to intense scratching? Allergies, especially this time of year. So when there are allergies, so the dog is scratching, and it could be pollen allergies. We call atopy. It could be contact irritants. It could be fleas. We just talked about fleas earlier. Any of these things that would cause the dog to scratch, itch, irritate, for the skin to get inflamed, now these normal bacteria become opportunists, and they are going to move in for the kill. And they, they will cause this moist lesion. And interestingly, most moist lesions we call hot spots, moist dermatitis, the dog is creating by intense scratching. So what happens is it starts as a minor thing, and it's not treated or it's treated too late. And then the dog continues to scratch. And then the more they scratch, the more they're irritated. And it's a vicious cycle. The more it's irritated, the more they want to scratch. So it's something that's set up by the dog, him or herself. And we don't notice it until it becomes a hot spot. That's when we go in for the treatment. So the goal is to get these conditions treated before they become severe infections. And by that, you need to talk to your veterinarian about some really good anti-allergy medications. Of course, you know, one of uh, 
My favorite is Apoquil or Cytopoint, which is the injection. These are actually the first medications on the market specifically for canine allergy. They attack the canine allergic response. They work a little bit differently. One is an enzyme blocker. That's the Apoquil, the oral version. The Cytopoint is actually immunotherapy. It attacks the interleukin-31 from its source, which is the T helper cell. But these are great. See your veterinarian. There are other things available. There's still steroids. There antihistamines don't work too well. Not because histamine is a minor, minor player in the canine allergic response. Um, when I use antihistamine, it's not so much for the antihistaminic effect. It's for the sedative effect, which is why I like chlortrimeton product. And I like the, the Benadryl, which is diphenhydramine, um, because those actually are the old-fashioned antihistamines that are sedative. They kind of knock the pet out. Some of the newer ones, which are good for you, they say that they're non-drowsy. Well, <laughs> the benefit of using them is the drowsy feature. So if you're going to use an antihistamine in a dog, I, you're just not going to get a lot of response from some of the newer ones. But, um, you know, you want to think of, you know, I like one of my favorite is Benadryl. Simply dose a milligram per pound. Talk to a veterinarian. See what he or she thinks. But really, you want to get to the root of the problem. It's either going to be corticosteroids. It's going to be something called atopica. Uh, but my favorite, which is uh, it's a, it's a, also an immunosuppressive agent, uh, cyclosporine. But my favorite is going to be the Apoquil or Cytopoint. So see your veterinarian. But back to Carla and Arosky. So you, what you need to do is not just treat the infections after they become obvious infections. You want to be more proactive, start treating the allergic response, prevent the itching in the first place, and chances are your dog will do a lot better. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. We will be here again live in a couple of weeks. And uh, if you have any questions, you can reach me easily through Pet Life Radio, drjeff at petliferadio.com. You can uh, go on to my uh, uh, Instagram at, at Dr. Jeff Werber. You can send me little messages there, and uh, I'm really easy to get a hold of. So have a great week or weeks, everybody, and we will be back. And if you have any questions that you'd like answered on the radio, just on our show, just please get a hold of me, and we'll talk about it. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.